0: Hello, and welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out their Lower Main Street location to see what fresh in-house baked goods they're cooking up. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham, and here are some of this week's top stories. A public hearing was held during the Town of Liberty's Planning Board meeting last week regarding a proposed warehouse project in Ferndale. As previously reported in the Democrat, applicant Samuel Eisenberg of BSD LLC is seeking a special use permit to construct a warehouse of up to 1 million square feet at 468 Harris Road. Before the public hearing began, Planning Board Chairman Lindau said he had to recuse himself as he is part owner of a neighboring property. Planning Board member John Van Eden assumed the role of chairman and asked for any comments from the public. Joanne O. said she was against the size of the project, describing it as, quote, mammoth and expressed concern over the level of traffic it would generate. She said, quote, I understand the town needs tax revenue, but you have to consider the people who live there. I'm here to try to protect my investment and my way of life. Mark Baez, president and CEO of the Sullivan County Partnership for Economic Development, said much time was spent trying to attract tax rateables to the old Route 17 corridor, which is currently zoned as industrial-slash-commercial-development. It's our feeling that this project is appropriate for this corridor, Baez said. He added that more people order goods and products online or through the mail these days, and these types of logistic facilities have become more in demand. Baez touched on national supply chain issues and how part of addressing that is through warehousing. We used to be a just-in-time society because of the situation with COVID. In supply chain stuff, we are a just-in-case society, referencing how companies will need more storage options. He added that we have an opportunity locally to capitalize on that situation. The partnership is fully behind this project. We think it's time that Liberty gets some tax rateables to address a serious tax problem that we have here in this town. Bias said the traffic entering or leaving the warehouse is sporadic and stays away from daytime peaks. Appearing on behalf of the applicant were Jim Bates of Ecological Analysis and Joe Berger of Berger Engineering and Surveying. Bates said the project is currently limited by sewer and water, but they would like to meet with town representatives to see if a public-slash-private venture to extend water and sewer lines down Old route 17 is possible in the future. Bates explained there is still no tenant for the project yet, adding, quote, it's going to be on spec until after site plan approval. Nobody wants to buy into something until it is something. Shifting gears over to the town of Mammocating, at the start of a well-attended town meeting, Mammocating Supervisor Mike Robbins did not waste any time to address Town Highway Superintendent Rob Huffcut. Huffcut was arrested on May 31st on two counts of sexual conduct with a child that allegedly occurred 20 years ago. Robbins started the meeting by saying that Joanne Salomon, the Deputy Highway Superintendent, has stepped up to be the acting highway superintendent and the town board will assist her as best they can. Furthermore, the Summitville Fire Company announced on their social media page that Mark Wharton is the new fire chief. Huffcut had been serving in that role before his arrest. Robbins noted that the board did not have any additional information on Huffcut's case. The town attorney, Benjamin Gailey, has advised the board not to take action yet against Huffcutt since he is an elected official. During the highway superintendent's report, Salomon approached the podium to give the report on the work that has been done on the roads. She also asked for patience during the transition and thanked the highway workers and the town board for their support. The special thanks to Richie Dunn and Tiffany Kinlock. Robbins thanked Salomon and said, quote, the board very much appreciates you stepping up and taking care of this. Salomon received a large applause after her report. Joanne Salomon bears no relation to Sullivan County Legislator Nicholas Salomon. While we're on the topic of county legislature, during last week's Health and Human Services Committee meeting, several members of the public expressed concern over the relocation of the New York State Department of Health regional office on North Street in Monticello. County Manager Josh Potosic provided a brief update on the situation, explaining that County Attorney Michael McGuire has been in negotiations with DOH attorneys. They're awaiting some price per square foot figures to insert into a lease which would see four to five DOH employees having an on-site presence at the county's public health office in Liberty. Potosic, who has been in contact with DOH Commissioner Dr. Mary Bassett, said he's been told that the DOH would not be diminishing services and that the presence at the county public health office will be for walk-ins. They're going to be meeting all the required site visits inspections. That's not going away, said Potosic. They do this upstate in numerous areas where they'll have one state DOH that services multiple counties. Earlier this year, the Democrat reported that the DOH was moving their Monticello office to Orange County, with the reason given being, quote, difficulty in finding adequate office space in the Monticello area. The move was expected to happen this past spring. However, after advocacy from elected and local officials, as well as county residents, it was announced in February that there would be a stay through at least the summer. DOH regional offices enforce regulations that protect the public's health, safety, and environment related to food, water, and indoor air quality in restaurants, camps, pools, beaches, hotels, motels, and fairgrounds for the 21 counties slash cities in New York State that do not deliver that service. They also investigate concerns about hazardous or unhealthy conditions in and around homes and workplaces. Finally, in the Town of Delaware, despite an 11th-hour plea to halt the project until more research could be done, the Delaware Planning Board granted conditional approval to a 9-lot, 60.3-acre subdivision on Gable Road in the Beechwood sections of the Town of Delaware. Their Town Board meeting earlier this week, attended by more than 40 residents, started with a plea by Suzanne Dvorka of Delaware Concerned Citizens who was allowed to read a two-page letter addressing her group's concerns with the Gable Road property's nine-lot development. Her letter summarized a 17-page letter, which had been submitted earlier that day by the Albany law firm of Tucker and Barone, which detailed the DCC's concerns with the project. "'I'm here tonight concerned about my land and the land of my neighbors,' Dvorka said. "'We are asking that the Planning Board not grant any further approvals until all our issues are addressed.'" However, Delaware Town Planner Tom Shepstone quickly dispelled her request, stating, quote, the public hearing is over, I don't appreciate it, referring to the law firm's letter. This is obviously a stalling tactic and is totally unprofessional, he said. We are not replaying this thing. Shepstone then went on to read parts 1, 2, and 3 of the full environmental assessment form, detailing the project, setting, identifying potential project impacts, and evaluating the magnitude and importance of project impacts. He summarized his findings on those issues, which found that the development would have no significant impact on the environment or other issues as they relate to reports. Shepstone said that given the low density of the development, disturbing just 2.8 acres of the 60-acre subdivision, he believed the rural character of the area would be preserved and there would be no significant impacts to any of the criteria he reviewed. He thanked the public several times for bringing his questions to the planning board's attention and said, quote, We usually do not get into this level of detail with an 8-9 lot subdivision, but we felt it was important given the public concern. We looked at those things. Following his 35-minute presentation, the planning board, building inspector, and town attorney were each asked by Shepstone if they had any questions or concerns they wanted to address several questions were asked and comments made at the start of the meeting planning board chair warren blumenthal made it clear he was again recusing himself from any discussion or vote on the project the three board members then voted to accept all assessment reviews submitted to the board and also granted the project conditional approval subject to the storm pollution prevention plan being submitted and approved by the new york state department of environmental conservation several other stipulations were also noted in the resolution including creating a homeowners association. The planning board then appointed member Scott Stevenson as the official signer of all documents for the project. We did take what you, the public, said seriously. Shepstone told the public at the end of the meeting. For more on the recent Town of Delaware planning board meeting, as well as other stories in today's newspaper, head to scdemocratonline.com or pick up a copy at your closest newsstand. That concludes today's podcast, brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. We'll catch up with you next week, and we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend.